This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Praise the Lord. The Lord is good. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. Well, we are on a series this month on excellence. Glory to God. And uh, really keys to an excellent spirit. And, you know, there's a lot of blessings to walking in the excellence of God. Amen. And so, uh, you know, I believe all of you want the best that God has for you. How many people want the best that God has for you? Amen. And so I believe to do that, we have to qualify for the best. Amen. And we have to qualify. And a lot of his promises are conditional. You know, there's there's conditions to a lot of God's promises. Amen. Uh, you know, if you're going to receive salvation, it's a condition to receive Jesus. Right. Amen. So there are conditions to uh, the promises of God. And so we've been uh, studying, uh, we've been studying uh, the, uh, in, in the book of Daniel, and we've been studying a little bit about uh, Daniel, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, and we talked about that last week. And so what is the first key to the spirit of excellence? What is the first key? I ministered on it last week. Does anybody remember? Honor. Amen. Honor. I'm glad you guys are paying attention. Glory to God. I'm getting a little nervous here. Maybe I need to preach that message again. But honor. Somebody say honor. Honor. And so really, honor is the key. Uh, one of the keys to walking in excellence. First and foremost, honoring God. And we need to honor God. And then we need to walk in honor towards one another. Amen. And uh, we need to walk in honor towards, you know, those that that are, you know, um, that may be our bosses or those that are our leaders. We want to walk in honor. And when we do that, uh, we'll see some of the blessings of God. In 1 Samuel 2, 30, uh, chapter 2, verse 30, let's look at this. It says here, I'm just going to recap on honor and move into the second key to excellent spirit. It says here, therefore, the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, for, for be it far from, or far from be, far be it from me, for those who honor me, I will honor, and those who despise me, I shall lightly esteem. So this is, uh, this is a powerful scripture right here about honor. And it talks about when we honor God, God will honor us. But when we despise God, then he will lightly esteem us. And what does that mean to despise God? Well, the only way uh, you can despise God is really God and his word are one, is that we despise his word. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? In other words, that we, we uh, decide that we don't want to uh, agree with God's word. We decide that we want to go crosswise to God's word. And when we do that, in a sense, we're despising, hello, now I'm preaching a right group here. We're despising God's word. And this was actually, uh, this came, uh, the prophet actually was talking to um, one of the priests in the Old Testament. And the priest uh, did not, they, he had two sons and he did not discipline his two sons. And they were doing a lot of bad things. And God was really, he was uh, really uh, giving more honor to his children than to God. And um, and so God said, you know, it, it's better to give God honor and he gets the high honor. Amen. And um, and we don't want to, you know, 
You know, the Bible says faithful the wounds of a friend, but deceitful the kisses of an enemy. And in other words, that we we need to uh, honor God first and foremost over what the world thinks of us. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And, and sometimes we have more fear of the world, but I'm going to say this, you better have fear of God. Amen? Amen. Proverbs 29, 25 says it this way, the fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts and puts his confidence in the Lord will be exalted and safe. So one of the things that the enemy will do is keeping us from honoring God. He will try to, you know, he, he wants us to honor people over God or have a fear of people's, what people will think about us. Amen. You know, they're not going to stand with you on judgment day. You're going to have to stand on your own. So you can't be so worried about people's opinions of you if you follow God. Can I get an amen in here? Amen. Amen. And so, but that is a major fear for a lot of people. That's where you get the word political correctness. Amen. Have you ever heard that? Political correctness. And you can get religious correctness as well, where you, where you want to, you don't want to ruffle any feathers by tell, you only tell part of the truth, but not the whole truth. Amen. So you, you only give the good side of, of you know, the, the goodness and the blessings of God, but you don't talk about the severity of God. Amen. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you? There is a good and the blessing and there's the grace and the love, but there's the severity and the judgment of God on this side. And we got to understand both sides. Amen. And if we don't understand both sides, our Christianity will be lopsided. And we won't understand when we start encountering issues and problems and possible judgment in our lives. Hello. Amen. Amen. And so here, uh, so we we have to understand that, that there is a severity side of God and a love side of God. And we get this revelation on the inside. We'll walk according to what, what God wants us to walk in. And that's the fullness of his blessings. Amen. In Proverbs 13, 13, it says, um, uh, and we got to understand this, that, that honoring God's word is honoring God. And it says, whoever despises the word and counsel of God brings this destruction upon himself. But he who reverently fears and respects the commandments of God is rewarded. So I don't know about you, but you know, loving God is loving his word. And so if we're not in love with God's word, hello, if we don't love our Bible, are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? If we don't love this, then we're in trouble. And you know, you have to develop an appetite for the word of God. You have to develop this appetite because it doesn't come natural. You know, it doesn't come natural reading your Bible and studying the Word of God. It's something that sometimes you have to press in to do. Why? Because the flesh, because in our makeup, you know, we're a spirit, we, li- we have a soul, and we live in a body, but we have a fleshy nature about us that doesn't want to obey God. Hello. Amen. And it fights against the things of God. Have you ever fought against yourself? You ever argue against yourself? I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to church. No, you're not. I'm staying home. I'm going to church. No, you're not. I'm going to stay home and party. You know what I'm talking about? And there's, and there's always a, 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 sometimes there's a struggle, you know, within ourselves to serve God. 
Am I talking to the right crowd here? See, see, listen, if I was talking to a Calvinistic crowd, uh, a Calvinist crowd that believes once saved, always saved, and nobody can really walk away from God, then, then those people just seems like they never have any temptations. <laughs> but that's not, that's not me. I, I have temptations. Amen. The Bible says, if you think you stand, you, you better think again, lest you fall. In other words, don't think that you're not mature enough not to be able to fall under the enemy's deceptions. And when we start thinking that we're so mature in our walk that we can't fall, then we already fallen from grace. Can I get an amen here? Because really, really, when we're walking in grace, it means that we're in total dependency on God, not ourselves. Thank you for that. Amen. Amen. So the, so the key really is honor. And when we honor God, God will honor us. But when we lightly esteem him, which, which means when we lightly esteem his commands, his word, um, you know, when we, when we despise his commands, his word, he lightly esteems us. Amen. Uh, number two here, it says here, and this is the key here, faithfulness. Now, faithfulness is a key to walk in the excellence of God. Amen. It's really a key in walking not just in excellence under God, but it's also a key to the blessing to walking in excellence under man. And what I mean by that, it means that when you are faithful, if you're faithful to your boss and you show up at work and you, and you do the right thing, promotions on the way. Can I get an amen in here? Amen. I know people that that gotten promotions because they show up at work on time or early. They're faithful. They do they do a good day's work. And, you know, and you can't when you start being faithful and doing the right things and treat your boss as if he's the Lord in your life. Amen. Because we're supposed to work as unto the Lord. We're going to see blessings in our lives. Boy, it's going over like a lead balloon today. <laughs> Listen, uh, uh, I've, I've, I, I only got let go of one job many years ago. And the reason why is because I probably deserved it. Amen. And, um, and I wasn't really, you know, I kind of despised my job. But that man, I was I had an attitude problem. But they, they just let me go. They didn't actually fire me. They just said they hired too many people. So anyway, but, uh, but I learned that I need to be thankful for the job that I have. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And that I need to work as unto the Lord, even if the boss is not too nice. Even if, you know, he's, he's not doing the right things. You're not working unto him. You're working unto the Lord. And God will reward you for that. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so we have to learn to be, uh, you know, uh, honor our bosses. And, and we have to learn to be faithful. And faithful implies being steadfast, to adherence to a person or thing to which one is bound as by an oath or an obligation. So, so this is a definition of faith, uh, faithfulness. Uh, it's also being loyal. And being loyal implies um, uh, allegiance to a person, cause, institution, etc., which one feels morally bound to support or defend. Another part of being faithful is being constant. It's, it's just freedom from fickleness in affections or loyalties. Amen. Hello. Amen. In other words, you know, you may uh, it's just like you're married and you and you and some of you are married and you commit it and you and you said these vows to death do us part in sickness and in health and all that. And you made these vows. But, you know, some people make the vows until they fall out of love. 
Well, I just don't feel like I love you anymore. No, love is not a feeling. It's a commitment. It's not about, oh, I don't feel the love anymore. You know, that love must not be. No, listen, love is not a feeling. Amen. It is a commitment. And it's a commitment that you're pledging your life to somebody. Salvation is not just something, a prayer that you pray on Sunday morning and live your life the way you want to live it during the week. No, salvation is marrying the Lord. Amen. Amen. And being faithful to him. Glory to God. See, in the Old Testament, the people of God, they, they were unfaithful to God. They, they started mixing in with other cultures and they started serving other gods. And, and God considered that adultery. Amen. Amen. If your spouse, you know, uh, goes out with somebody else and, and has sexual relations with somebody else, that's adultery. Amen. In the Old Testament, people could get stoned for that. Uh Nowadays, it's just an affair. It's not even adultery anymore. Amen. And so the world wants to dumb down sin, but sin is sin. And when we're mixing in with the world and we're living for the world and we're acting like the world, we're, we're actually committing spiritual adultery uh, uh, towards God. Amen. And God is, and God is a jealous God. Amen. And he's jealous for your spirit. You, Amen. He, he loves you so much. And you know, you know, if you listen, man, some of you married folks, if you found out your spouse was messing around, how mad would that make you be? <laughs> how angry would you be? You probably cut him in at night, right? <laughs> Talking. Amen. In other words, it hurts. Amen. And so God, God feels our, feels pain when we're mixing in with the world and we're being unfaithful spiritually. Amen. And so, and so we're talking about faithfulness and we're talking about it, it, staunch is another word, implies such a strong allegiance to one's principles and purpose and not to turn aside by any cause. Resolute. It stresses unwavering determination, often adhering to one's personal ends or aims. Other sentiments to uh, faithfulness includes dedication, steadfast, devoted, dependable, accurate, true, conscientious, conscientious, dutiful, careful, scrupulous, and thorough. Amen? And so we see this, that, that faithfulness has all these characteristics involved in it. And so I'm telling you, the Bible actually says in Proverbs 28, 20, a faithful man will abound in the curse. No, it doesn't say that. It says a faithful man will abound in what? Blessings. How many people want to walk in some blessings? Man, get faithful. Look at your, look at your, look at somebody next to you say, get faithful. faithful. Amen. Hallelujah. So faithfulness really is a bedrock of an excellent spirit, and it's a key to walking in the blessings of God and man. The question I have for you this morning is, how committed are you to God? You need to ask yourself that. How committed are you to God? If you won the lottery this afternoon, no, 20 million, I don't know what the lottery is. Anybody know what the lottery is? 29? Come up here so I can pray for you. No, I'm kidding. But (laughs) 
<laughs> you stepped in that one, huh? So, uh, hey, amen. So, <laughs> what, 29 million? I don't know. 29 million. You know what? 20, the Powerball. This is your Powerball right here. <laughs> Glory to God. No, man, listen. But if you won the lottery, would you still serve God? If you won $29 million, would you still be serving God? Some of you may not be. Amen? Because, you know, uh, because riches, uh, riches is deceitful. And riches will make you think just because you have money, you're okay and you can buy your way out of everything. But you can't buy your way into heaven and you can't buy your way out of hell. So just because you have finances, it's, it's, a, it's a deception to think that, that you know, most rich people that don't know God, that's their fortress. Yes, amen. But there's a judgment day for everybody. Amen. And our faith better not be in our riches, it better be in God. Amen. Our faith has to be in God. Yes. Look at your neighbors and put your faith in God. Faith in God. See, I'm making you guys preachers this morning. Amen. Amen. So faithfulness is the bedrock to an excellent spirit. This is what I wrote um, about faithfulness. Faithfulness is a consistent devotion to God. So it's a consistent devotion to God. And I included our spouse, our family, our church, our country, our job with no deviation. Being constant with no change. That's what faithfulness is. It's being consistently devoted to God. It's not hit and miss. It's being consistent. And, And listen, faithfulness is a fruit of the Spirit. So really, we have the ability... To be faithful in God. Because God, once we receive Christ in our hearts, we receive the love of God that shed abroad in our hearts. And we receive the ability to walk in the fruit of the Spirit. Unfortunately, fruit is not given. It's not, you know, a grace gift that's just given to you by God. Fruit has to be cultivated. You have to cultivate faithfulness. It's a process. Of cultivation. But you can walk in the faithfulness of God. You have the ability to do that. You, the Holy Spirit will help you walk in the faithfulness of God. Look at Daniel 6.4. This is really good. Because we are looking at Daniel, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, the book of Daniel. And, and, and really, we, we got the spirit of excellence because uh, Daniel and the three Hebrew children had that spirit. And in Daniel 6, chapter 4, it, it, and this is where some of the people in Daniel's day that, that, that worked with Daniel, you know, he was an advisor to the king. The king had other advisors. And do you know when God is blessing you among you, your, your peers and you seem to be floating higher than your peers, you know, some of your peers are going to get jealous. Amen. Some of the people around you are not going to like that you're going higher than them. Are you, have you experienced that? Amen. And when you're going higher and God is blessing, some of your peers will talk down to you. Amen. Some of your peers, will, they may, you, they just little, little slights, little things. Like, I don't know why you should be driving a BMW, you know. Why you should be living in that big house. 
Well, they don't know how faithful you've been. You've been tested with the tithe. You, 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 you maintain being a faithful tither when you're barely making it. And God started rolling in the blessings. They don't see the, 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 the things that you've been doing behind the scenes, praying and fasting and giving and being faithful. They don't see that. All they see is a blessing and they want to judge you over the blessing. Amen. People love to judge Christians that are blessed. Amen. The world really especially hates Christians that are blessed. A Christian shouldn't be driving a nice car. Why not? Why shouldn't a Christian live in a nice house? Amen. It's not for the devil and all his crowd. So. The silver and gold is God's. Uh, you know, the, the, on a thousand hills, the, 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 you know, all the animals, it's, it belongs to God. And guess what? We're joint co-heirs with Amen. God. Amen. What belongs to God belongs to me. Amen. What belongs to me belongs to God. Amen. That's good news this morning. God's not holding it back. But we have to. There is a faithfulness test. Oh, pastor, did you have to go there? Did you have to tell me that there's a test now? Listen, there's always a test for the blessings of God. Some of us just want wants the blessing. You know, they, we would like to have the blessings fall off of us like ripe cherries off a tree. But there's going to be a test for God's blessings to be upon your life. It's called the faithfulness test. In Daniel 6, 4, we see here that the, the governors and the set traps, uh, traps, that's pretty interesting, sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom. But they could not find no charge or fault because he was faithful, nor was there any error or fault found in him. Think about this. They were trying to find a way to get to Daniel to pull him down because they saw that he had the favor of the king. And so Daniel had the favor of the king and they could see that, that Daniel was rising above them in influence. They wanted to take him down. And so they, they looked and watched. People are watching you. Amen. People are looking for ways to see where you're messing up. Amen. The devil is watching us. Amen. He's looking for a way so he can accuse you so God can bring judgment into your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? People are watching. God is watching. And so our our life is an open book. And some people were watching Daniel. They saw the blessing on his life. They saw the blessing on the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they said, we're going to, we can't figure out a way to get him. But then they figured it out. They knew that Daniel was sold out to God Almighty. And so they really got to the king and they said, listen, let's make a decree that nobody can worship anybody but you for 30 days. They do. They got Daniel because Daniel's allegiance was was to God first and foremost and then to the king. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And and listen, you have to be loyal first and foremost to God before you're loyal to any man. And the loyalness that you that you walk under God will make you loyal to other people that's above you in rank. And hierarchy. And so, and so they knew that Daniel would not, would not relent. They knew Daniel was faithful to his God. And so what did Daniel do? We know that, that, that Daniel knew the decree was, 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 was signed. And what did he do? Well, we talked about this, I believe, last week. We, you know, he, he opened up his windows. He started praying. He prayed three times a day in front of everybody. And he knew 
the, the possibility of him being thrown into the lion's den because that was the penalty for, for, for worshiping anybody but, but the king. And you, you know what? Daniel was faithful even to the possibility of death. Are we that faithful? Are we that faithful that we're willing to risk it all? To walk with God and be obedient to God. Guess what? He went into the lion's den that night and he came out of the lion's den that morning. And he still gave honor to the king. And he had no problem with the king. Amen. And he still say, and he, when he came out of that, that, that den, he wasn't even, you know, he didn't have a scratch on him. But his enemies, you know, the king was fooled. Into making this decree because the king liked Daniel and his enemies that had him do, you know, to write up this decree. He had, you know, the king threw them into the lion's den. And guess what happened to them? You see, the lions. Listen, listen, the lions. Sometimes I think <sighs> animals will obey God quicker than than humans. And I guarantee you that the, the animals understood what was going on, the, the lions. And an angel probably came down there and he probably talked lion that day. And he said, you know, he knows, you know, God knows how to speak to animals. And so maybe the angel was, and the angel says, listen, hold off. Don't eat this prophet. Don't touch him. But you're going to have a big meal. There's a payoff for this. You just don't, don't eat this, don't eat this prophet because you're not going to only have, you're going to have like three grown men, their wives and their children too, because it threw their whole families in. And so you guys hold off and you wait for the big meal. See, the lions were faithful to obeying the word. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? So they just said back to no, man, I'm holding off. I'm holding off for the, for the, for the big meal. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And, and, there, and the lions ate hearty. They, instead of a skinny old prophet. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? They, they, even animals seem to obey God quicker than humans. And so they were able to, are you able, let me just say this this morning, are you able to hold off on some fleshy indulgences to, to receive the blessings and the grace of God in your life? Are you willing to hold off on what you want for what God wants for your life so he can bless you mightily? Are you willing? What is God, God's looking for somebody willing. Can I get an amen here? Amen. Willing to hold off. Willing to wait on God. Nobody wants to wait on God. Everybody wants a shortcut for the blessing. And we need to learn to wait on Jehovah God. Amen. So, so listen, the requirements of the old covenant to walk in the blessings of God is in Deuteronomy 20, 26, 16 and 19. Let's read that. Deuteronomy 26, 16 and 19. This is Old Testament requirements. And it says here, this day the Lord your God commands you to observe these statutes and judgments. Therefore you shall be careful to observe them with all your heart and with all your soul. Today you have proclaimed the Lord to be your God and that you will walk in his ways and keep his statutes, his commandments and his judgments and that you will obey his voice. Also today the Lord has proclaimed you to be his special people just as he promised that you should keep all his commandments and that he will set you high above all the nations which he has made 
and praise his name and honor that you may be the holy people of the Lord God, just as he has spoken. And now the Lord was saying this to the Israelites and he was saying this is what their requirement was for them to to walk in God's commandments, to basically obey his voice. In Deuteronomy 28, this verse one and two and in Deuteronomy 28, it's the blessings that God promises to those that are faithful in obedience to God. And we're not going to talk about all the blessings, but but it's basically it, 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 the decree says here in the Old Testament. It says, now if you shall, shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord, your God, to observe carefully all his commands, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Amen. Some people say, well, pastor, are, are we under grace? And do we is, is, do we have to really isn't isn't the blessing automatic? And doesn't it just fall on on all Christians that just believe we don't have to? Do, no, you got to obey. Amen. You know, you know, believing, you know, trusting and obeying is the key to seeing the blessings of God. We have to obey God's word and we have to obey his voice. We have to walk in obedience to God's decrees. Can I get an amen there? And so some would say, well, that's Old Testament, Pastor. But yeah, but what about the New Testament? Well, I'm glad you asked. In Matthew 22, 37, 40, uh, the, the, the people were trying to trip Jesus up as usual. And uh, they asked Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus says in Matthew 22, now this is what we fall into. In the New Testament, Jesus said the greatest commandment is to love your Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and foremost great commandment. The second is love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law of the prophets. So, so this is what the, what Jesus was saying. Jesus was saying basically that, that, that really the greatest commandment is not just keeping the Ten Commandments. But that's part of it. But the greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all of your being. And then love your neighbor as yourself. The problem is with a lot of us, we love ourselves more than we love God. I hope I have a church here next week. We, 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 we put ourselves first before we put God. A lot of times, you know, if it's inconvenient for us, if it doesn't fit suit us, if it's not our, you know, you know, witnessing is not my cup of tea, pastor. You know, it's not your cup of tea. What? Get down here and start asking God's forgiveness. Now, witness, you know, we're called to be a witness. It's not. Well, that's for the evangelists. No. Oh, pastor, you know, studying the word is only for pastors. It's not for us people that sit in the seats. What are you talking about? We're all called to study the word of God. We're all called to develop our relationship with God. Don't just put it on the preacher. Don't let don't allow me to do all your homework for you. Don't let me do all your studying for you. In other words, see, that's what the problem is a lot of times with the church. The church is sitting back and letting the, the pastor mine all the gold and all the nuggets out of the scriptures. Amen. But, you know, God wants you mining some gold and nuggets out of the scriptures. Why? Because the, the, I'm not with you, you know, seven days a week. I can't preach to you when the enemy starts attacking you. And you've got to have some word in you to, to stand against the wiles of the devil. Amen. 
And I can't, I can't, I can't preach a sermon every time the enemy's trying to get you depressed, downtrodden. I can listen, but you can get this Bible will preach you a sermon. The word of God will preach you a sermon. And you gotta be able to get into the word of God yourselves. Pastor, that sounds like work. <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a little bit of work. Amen. It's a little bit of work. Listen, there's a cost to being a faithful disciple. Oh, pastor, you're talking about cost now. Yeah, there's a cost. And the cost of being a faithful disciple is total commitment. Luke 14. This is Jesus. He's he's in in verses 25 and 27 says it this way. Now, the great multitudes went with him and he turned and said to them. Now, he's talking to the whole multitude. He says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and his mother, his wife, his children, his brothers and sisters. Yes, even his own life. Also, he cannot be my disciple and whatever uh, and whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Think about this. Now you say, wow, pastor, that's pretty strong this morning. You tell me I need a, I, I do hate my wife. You know, no, I'm not saying it that way. I hate my kids. No, I'm not saying that. He wasn't really meaning it that way. He was saying that if you put your spouse above God. If you put your children above God, if you put your friends above God, if you put your political party above God. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? If you put that above God's word, amen, then you're, you're not a disciple of Christ. You can't be a disciple of Christ. So he's saying, really, that, that really our allegiance to God has to be so much higher than our allegiance to everything else. Amen. That's what he's saying. And in a sense, you know, when when Yen, when she became a Christian, you know, she came out of her family's Buddhist. And when she came out of that Christian, she said she was a Christian. And then the next she dropped another bomb and I'm marrying a pastor. She dropped a bomb. They were like, first of all, they almost lost it. What? A Christian. And he started playing this, you know, they went up one time and he started playing something about, about um, Buddhism on a record player, no, on a CD. And, and it was a monk that was talking about Buddhism. He was trying to get back into her while they were driving up for uh, some kind of trip that they had when, she, when they found out that she was a Christian. And so he was like trying to get the Buddhism back in. And she, she, she said, no, I'm a Christian. And, and she said, I'm marrying a pastor. And they fell out. And you know what? A lot of times, you know, the Bible actually says sometimes we, we're, we have to, you know, when God calls us into his kingdom, sometimes we have to step back from some family members. We can't always be living like the family members that are lost. Can you hear what I'm saying? Today? You, you, you got to be salt and light. You have to separate. And sometimes when you separate yourself and say, no, I'm not going to be drinking. No, I'm not going to be doing that. They, or I'm not going to be joining you. Sometimes they will say, and I even think her mom said, you hate us. They will, they will start, your family will start thinking that you hate them. It's not that you hate them. It's just that you love God more. Are you hearing what I'm saying, Jay? But it may appear that because you're walking with God now and you're not fellowshipping in the party like you used to. Because you're not running in that way anymore. It may appear that you hate them. 
you know what I'm saying? Amen. But only, no, you just love God more. Amen. See, you got to love God more. Amen. You got to love God more than the world. Amen. You got to love God more than, than, than the, the influences that the enemy wants to play and try to draw us back in. Listen, the enemy's trying to draw some of us back into the world. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? And we got to stand firm. Amen. Yeah. We got to stand firm and, 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 and standing with the Lord. John 12, 25 puts it this way. He who loves his life, listen to this, he who loves his life will lose it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me where I am. There my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him, my father will honor. Think about that. So he says here, he who loves his life will lose it. What does that mean? It means there's a lot of people that love their life more than they love God. People of the world that don't want Jesus in their life or backslid or backslidden Christians that aren't following God like they used to. They're out of church or doing they love themselves more than God. But we gotta love God more than ourselves. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Pastor, how do you do that? Just fellowship with the Lord. You start fellowshipping and reading the Word, getting into the Word, being obedient. And pretty soon you're like, man, I just love God. Amen. Man, I just love hanging out with God. Yes. And then God starts blessing you. And He starts revealing truth to you. And He starts bringing you out of, out of deception. And He brings you out of vices. Amen. I, I used to play the lottery. You know, and, 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 and I, I used to go to 7-Eleven. I used to be the one that scratches it off. <laughs> Nothing. Give me another one. <laughs> Amen. And then pretty soon I'm certain, and I'm reading the Bible, and I'm fellowshipping with God. I used to go to bingo places, too. Play bingo. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I used to love that, you know. Hey, I can win something today, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and so I, I started fellowshipping with God, started worshiping God. And all of a sudden, that, that desire, it was like a pull to buy a lottery ticket. That desire, I walked in 7-Eleven, I didn't feel any desire to buy a lottery ticket. And then all of a sudden, the Lord revealed to me, he showed me some guy buying a lottery ticket. You know, there's holding up the line. You know what I'm talking about. You're trying to get a soda or something. like, my Lord Jesus, help this people. Let me pray for deliverance for him. But anyway, and he... So you're like, ah, pastor, playing the lottery is not sin. Okay. And, uh, and, and so, you know, they scratch up. And the Holy Spirit said, remember when you used to be that dumb? Yeah. I'm, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. You, you'll never see somebody like Donald Trump buying a lottery ticket. Yeah, why? You don't see wealthy people doing stuff like that. They don't do stuff like that. Why? The odds. The odds are you might as well be, getting, be struck by lightning before you can win one of these things. You'd be better off being struck by lightning. But you never know, Pastor. Just throw that dollar in. You never know. And you're better off putting it into the plate. Amen. It's a more sure blessing Amen. sowing it into the kingdom of God Amen. instead of sowing it to the state. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm getting on somebody this morning. Eh? I didn't know I was going to go there this morning. So listen, how, how do we 
how do we get totally sold out and faithful to God? How do we, we got to get the right mindset. We got to get the right mindset. Uh, these, these are scriptures that will help you. Do you guys want some scriptures to help you get the right mindset? See, I want to see you guys blessed beyond measure. I want to see God add wealth to you and add no sorrow with it. I want to see God multiply you a thousand times. Amen. And so, and so this is, we got to get the right, right mindset. Galatians 2.20. This is my mom, one of my mom's favorite scriptures. Mom, I hope you're out there. Amen. And it says here, I have been crucified with Christ, this is Paul, it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And a life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. And gave himself for me. So we see here, this is a, a mindset. In other words, you're not your own. You're, you're crucified with Christ. It's, it's, not who, it's not you living, but it's Christ living through you. You've got to get a revelation of that, that. That Christ is living his life through you. Hallelujah. You hear what I'm saying to you today? That, that, you're, that, that your life is hid in Christ. And we have to meditate on these things until we get a revelation of it in Jesus' name. Amen? Philippians 1.21 says this way, For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Think about that. For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. And what does that mean? It means that, that the Bible says, in Him we live and move and have our being. In other words, you're connected to Christ. He's connected to you. We live our lives and Christ lives His life through us if we allow Him to. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And Colossians 3, 2, 4 says it this way. Set your minds on the things above. I'm talking about mindsets here. Not on things of the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Think about that. These are mindsets. In other words, you are not your own anymore. You belong to Christ. And Christ belongs to you. And you just can't do whatever. You don't have the liberty anymore to live your life any way you want to live it. You have to live it. And you have to live it within the confounds of the Word of God and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Listen, listen, some of you might be saying, Pastor, that's a lot of commitment. Do you know Jesus was a lot of committed to you? Look, look, God is faithful. And, and let me just give you some scriptures about the faithfulness of God, because I think this is the reason why some of us get unfaithful with God, because the enemy challenges us and starts telling us God isn't faithful. And so when the devil's working on you and you've been praying and you've been believing for some things and you're not seeing them happen, the enemy wants to make you think that God's not faithful. And, and then when he makes you and he wants you to get angry with God and then he wants you to become unfaithful. Amen. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yes. You, you get to a point. Where, I'm done. I'm sick of this. Where's the bar? You know, am, am I talking to the right crowd here? Or are you guys just pure as a driven snow? I do see some halos over your, your heads, amen? Oh, you hear what I'm saying? No, no, the enemy will want to get us offended with God. Get offended with the preacher. 
don't get offended with me. <laughs> if I'm preaching the word, you know, the word will offend some people. Amen. The Pharisees hated Jesus because Jesus spoke the truth. Yes. Amen. That's why a lot of people hate Donald Trump. Okay, I won't go there. <laughs> he tries to speak some truth. Praise God. All right. Psalms 89.34 says this way, My covenant, this is God, My covenant I will not break, nor alter the word that has gone out of my lips. This is God Almighty. When you think about the faithfulness of God, you have to think about that God is faithful to His word. Yes, amen. He's faithful. Yes. Jesus is coming back, and on His thigh is written, Faithful and true. And somebody asked me one day, Pastor, since Jesus has on his thigh written faithful and true, can I get a tattoo? And I said, as long as you get faithful and true on your thigh, I'm sure it'd be okay. And some of the kids want to get a, you know, I don't know if it's a tattoo on his, okay, we'll continue. That's a side note. But anyway... God is faithful and true. And so it says that God will not break his covenant. What he utters out of his mouth, it will come to pass. And Jeremiah one eleven says this way, The word of the Lord came to me, saying, What do you see? Jeremiah eleven twelve. What do you see, Jeremiah? And he said, I see a rod and almond tree. And then Jeremiah one twelve says, The Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. So what God was saying to Jeremiah was God was giving Jeremiah some prophecies of what he was going to do with Israel and the rebellion and what was going to go down with Israel, the judgment that was coming down with Israel. There were all other false prophets saying no judgment is coming. And, and, Jer- and Jeremiah, by, by the leading of the Lord, saying there is judgment coming. And the other prophets saying, no, no, we're OK. And a lot of people want to, want to believe the oh, I'm OK message. We don't want to check ourselves before we wreck ourselves. So, see, we rather go with a preacher that tells us we're doing good all the time. That we don't have to adjust or or fix ourselves, you know, know, get in God's Word, allow God's Word to fix us. No, no, we we like the preachers to tell us how good we are. But when when the preacher starts talking about straighten up and fly right, we don't want to hear that kind of message. I want to hear that message. I want to hear a message will straighten me up if I'm on the road of destruction. Amen. And so here, Jeremiah, he says, he said, I watch over my word to perform. God's watching over his word. God's word is powerful. Numbers 23, 19 says it this way. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said, has he said, and will he not do it? Has he spoken, and will he not make it good? In other words, we, we think, listen, we think just because we're not seeing the, the blessing yet, we've been praying, we haven't seen our, our breakthrough yet, the enemy will try to make you think that God is not faithful to His Word. Amen. God is always faithful to His Word. Amen. But there is a process. Pastor, did you have to go there? There is a process. There is a process of sometimes a waiting upon the Lord. And we have to wait upon the Lord at times. The Bible says it's not through faith only, Hebrews 6, 12. It's not through faith only that we inherit the promises. It's through faith and patience we inherit the promises. There is going to be a process. And unfortunately, in that process, in that waiting zone, a lot of people fall out. A lot of people quit. A lot of people throw in the towel. But I'm not. 
listen, the Bible actually says, don't cast away your confidence for you have need of patience. And once you've done the will of God, you will receive the promise. In Hebrews 10, 35, the Amplified says the way, do not, do not therefore fling away your fearless confidence for it carries a great and glorious compensation of reward for you have need of steadfast patience and endurance so that you may perform and fully accomplish the will of God and thus receive and carry away and enjoy to the full what is promised. Amen. And so there is a time test and the enemy's getting people. I'm telling you, man, there's pastors quitting all the time. There's congregational members bailing out of church all the time. People are backing out of God. Why? It's just too hard. It's too hard. Listen, listen, it's easy in God. The way of the, 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 way of the transgressor is hard. No, Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden's light. We got to understand that. No, when we get fully committed and fully committed to God, it doesn't matter what's coming against us. We're still going to serve him. Listen, there's standing grace and we and there's standing grace that we can walk in. Listen, I'm going to say this. Don't be surprised when things are coming against you when you're walking right. And the Bible says, don't think it's strange concerning, this is 1 Peter 4, 12, uh, the fire trial which is trying you as if some strange thing is happening to you. But rejoice in the extent that you partake of Christ's suffering, that when his glory is revealed, that you may be glad and exceedingly joy. In other words, listen, uh, Daniel went through the trial. He went into Daniel's den, uh, in the lion's den, excuse me. He went into the lion's den, but he came out. Man, knowing the faithfulness of God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When they said, we're not going to bow. And we will burn before we bow. And when they went into the fiery furnace, God showed up. And whenever you walk with God and you walk in that fiery furnace, Jesus will be the fourth man in the fire. And he will show up and show out. And you're like, man, I'm glad I stood up. I'm glad I stood for God. And then it will be glorious. Some of you are so close to the breakthrough. You know, I was thinking about some of the people that that waited in patience to see the promise. I was thinking about Abraham 25 years before he saw Isaac. And some say, 25 years, pastor. My God, I'm past my prime. I can't wait 25 years. Hey, what, what, what do you think? You know, I, I thought about it. You know, what's, what's the longest did somebody wait for the promise? And, and I, I believe this is the longest. It, it was uh, Caleb and it was um, Joshua. And they waited for the promise to get into the promised land 41 years. 41 years. Think about that. That first year, God wanted them in the promised land. It was within nine months of them walking in the desert. God said, you ready to get into the promised land? They weren't ready. God wants some of us in the promised land, but we're not ready yet. We're still griping and complaining, moaning and groaning. We're, we're, we're not faithful in the little. We're throwing our faithfulness out. Are you hear what I'm saying? And God wants us in the promised land, but, but, but we can't get our act together. Right? And they couldn't get their act together. But Joshua and Caleb, they had their act together. 
They were already, but all they had to do was just keep their act together one day at a time for 40 years, and pretty soon they were walking into the promised land. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? 40 years, Pastor! They made it. So it takes you 40 years, and and at the end of 40 years, you're a billionaire. It might be worth it. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? For the glory of God to expand His kingdom. Amen? It's not all about money. But what I'm saying is that that when we walk before God in the right way, the blessing will come in. It will overrun us and overtake us. Can I get an amen in here? Amen. And so we, we see that. And so, and so don't, don't think it's strange, but God is faithful. Say God is faithful. God is faithful, God is faithful to his promises. You know, it says in 1 Corinthians ten thirteen, it says no temptation has overtaken you. Temptation can, can refer to as test or trial. So think about this. No temptation, test or trial has overtaken you except such as common to man. But God is Somebody say faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with every temptation will make a way of an escape. I call, man, I'm, whoo, glory to God. You you hear what I'm saying to you today? Are you getting it? Man, you may be in a trial today, but God is making a way out of that trial. God's bringing you out of that situation. Keep holding on. To the unchanging hand of God. Glory to God, you're closer than you think. Standing grace. Romans 14, 4 says this way. Who you are, it says, who are you to judge another servant? To his own master he stands and falls. Indeed, he will be made to stand, for God is able to make him stand. Sometimes we look at people and say, oh, there's no help for that guy. There's no help for that girl. But this person, the, the, the Lord is saying to Paul, don't judge that person, because God can make that person stand even when he does dumb things. Are you hearing? God is able to make you stand. Amen. We don't want to be judging people that are missing it because we're, listen, they're not our servants. They're God's servants. And he's saying here that God has the power to make a person stand. God has the power to keep you standing in the midst of all hell breaking loose against you. You can stand under that. It says in Philippians, be confident in this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ. Jesus is faithful. Faithfulness is who Jesus is. The reason why we can be faithful, because he is our faithful high priest. And he, and he he received the reward of being called our high priest because he went through the muck. He went through the, all the things that we go through in this life. He suffered down here, but he even suffered to the point of the cross. He paid the ultimate price so that he could walk in the fullness of God's grace so he can be called King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He had to go through the process. He had to learn obedience to the things he suffered. Nobody wants to suffer. But listen, Paul says, I want to have the fellowship of his suffering in my life. So I can experience the glory that God has for us. There's going to be suffering in this life. But there's, the glory doesn't compare to the suffering that we deal with down here. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you, saints? 
You got the ability to walk under God. You got the ability to be all that God has called you to be. Nothing can stop you. You can move into that place. The only thing that can stop you is yourself. Amen. Don't grow weary in doing well. If you faint not, you will reap the blessing. God is for you this morning. You've got to just keep standing with God. Don't let go of God. Don't let go of his unchanging hand. As you continue to stand with God through the process, you will see the blessings of God in your life. Did you receive that this morning? Let's, let's, let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we honor you this morning. And we thank you, Father God, that you are good, merciful, and we thank you, Heavenly Father, oh, that you have nothing but good for us. Father, you said in your word that you, you don't even want to judge us, that you allow us to judge ourselves so that your judgment uh, will not come upon us. And Father, we just thank you and we, we examine ourselves, as the Bible says. And I just, I just encourage you to examine yourself this morning. And, 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 and are you where you need to be in Christ? Uh, have you taken the 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 seat of uh, you know the the seat of your heart? Have you sat back in that seat, or is Jesus in the seat of your heart? And perhaps you're here this morning. Maybe you're watching online, and you know you you've taken your life a little back, a back from the Lord, and you're doing your own thing. You're living for yourself, and you're ready to start living for Christ. You're ready for a fresh commitment. I want you to pray this prayer with me, or if you're ready to move forward in God, so you can receive the joy and the peace that God wants you to have. Just say this uh, and mean in your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins, Jesus. I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Jesus, I'm turning to you fully, 100%. And I'm turning my back on the world, on the devil, and on sin. Help me, Jesus, to be all that you call me to be. In Jesus' name. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.